Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hold one. Arm drag. Brett screwed Brett. I'm Who slippery. are you to, to, to doubt El Dandy? Because this guy's a serious professional. Brett screwed Brett. Hold two. Arm bar. Hey, get a nice shot of the brand new Mr. and Mrs. Hunter Hurst Helmsley. I hate you. I hate you. I hate your hat. I hate your T-shirts. I hate your wristbands. I hate your shoes. I hate your music. I hate the C Nation. I hate everything that you stand for. Soda's rule. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Hold three. The moss covered, three-handled family grenadzel. It's me, Austin. It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. Just when they think they got the answers, I change the questions. Oh, hell yeah! Welcome everyone to the pro wrestling mecca of the world in Cleveland, Ohio. I am not your dangerously, dashingly, strikingly sexy, ever so smooth talking, ever so amazing host, Nick. I am Matt. Hello, wrestling people! And as you can tell, I'm by myself. I'm flying solo this week. Uh, Nick is taking a little staycation, I guess is what you could call it. Uh, We live in Cleveland. Him and Rebecca, they went down to Columbus. They're spending a couple days down there. One of the things I know they went to do was the Columbus Zoo. I've seen a picture that Rebecca had posted. So, uh... Yeah, you guys are stuck with me. My apologies, but I'm going to do my best. Uh, I actually tried getting a co-host in here. I tried getting Michael to show up and help me out. He hasn't been on the show since, man, since probably the earlier episodes that we used to do. Uh, There was a few times when I couldn't be there for a show, so Nick would call Michael, who actually lives pretty close by Nick. So it's pretty easy for him to swing by and hang out with him for about a half hour, 45 minutes to talk about wrestling. But uh, anyways, I want to jump right into things because there's a lot of stuff going on in the pro wrestling world right now. Uh, I want to start off kind of on a sad note. Uh, WWE Hall of Famer. Holly Race, he passed away at 76 this week. Uh, He passed away due to complications from lung cancer. Now, the news broke on his Twitter page. The weird part about everything was, just days earlier, he actually posted on his Twitter page that he was doing better and he was going home. So obviously that meant, you know, he wasn't feeling all that great. He was in the hospital for it, and the doctors felt he was well enough to go home. But then just 
few days later, he passes away. Uh, never underestimate the care of a good doctor. Uh, you know, I'm sure whatever facility he was at, I'm sure it had to be accredited, real good hospital. I mean, this is Harley, Harley Race we're talking about. So, um, no, my my condolences as well as the Pro Wrestling Podcast. We want to send out condolences to the Harley Race family. Uh, Harley Race is responsible for training a bunch of wrestlers in his time. Uh, probably the most famous one being Triple H. Uh, he was a former eight-time NWA World Heavyweight Champion. Now, that's quite an accomplishment. Because once you really break it down and look at the people who have held the belt more times than him. Uh, it's a it's a short list. But the people who did pass him on that list are definitely Hall of Fame worthy. You got Triple H, John Cena, Batista, Randy Orton. So, I mean, that's... That's a big class of people right there. I know I said Batista's name. I'm trying to think in my head now because I don't know if Batista's past eight. I'm going to have to look that up really quick. Uh, bear with me because, you know, this is one of the downsides of doing the show by yourself. Usually, like, at this point, Nick would jump in, start saying something about Harley Race and his career. Uh and while he's doing that, usually I'm looking up these facts. So, God, bear with me on this episode of the Pro Wrestling Podcast. So I'm bringing up his Wikipedia page right now. Uh, let's see here. Professional wrestling career. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I know. Great podcast. Me going blah, blah, blah. Here we go. Uh... World Heavyweight Champion four times. WWE Championship two times. So generally, you add those together, you get six. So Batista's not quite there. But uh, if he ever does decide to come back, which I kind of doubt it, but if he ever did, I'd say he he, he would have a good shot at at least tying Harley Race. But, um... Speaking of champions, let's talk about Seth Rollins. Uh, Seth Rollins was brutally, and I mean brutally, attacked by Brock Lesnar. Now, this started, this was actually this past Monday on Monday Night Raw. Uh, You saw Seth Rollins going one-on-one with Dolph Ziggler. And Dolph Ziggler had actually held on to Seth Rollins' foot when Brock Lesnar's music played. So Brock Lesnar kind of rushed the the ring and delivered a series of F5s on a steel chair. And uh, it, it was just a brutal attack. The fans started chanting one more time, which I thought was kind of surprising. Because in this situation, Seth Rollins being the good guy and Brock Lesnar being the heel. Uh, But maybe it's just 
the viciousness of the attack that the the crowd they just ate that up and uh Brock Lesnar actually set up the chair in like its normal position I guess you would say and he just kept throwing Rollins on top of it uh eventually Seth Rollins would be bleeding from the mouth uh as a internal injury kind of thing so Paul Heyman actually had to step in and get Brock Lesnar away from Seth Rollins. And that's something you don't see too often. I think it kind of helped with the storyline that, you know, Brock Lesnar does what he wants to who he wants. But then they went to a commercial break, and when they came back, they showed Seth Rollins being loaded up into the ambulance. Now, as the ambulance was pulling out, you see the brake lights come on. So the camera pans over to the front end of the ambulance, where Brock Lesnar is standing there, yelling at the the driver to just stay. He basically treated him like a dog, saying, Stay. Don't go anywhere. But, uh, yeah, Brock Lesnar then walked over to the other end of the ambulance, opens it up, and starts attacking Seth Rollins even more. He dragged him out of the ambulance and gave him another F5, this time on the stretcher. And then, uh, by now, a bunch of officials and uh, backstage personnel, they all came and basically told Brock Lesnar to leave and surprisingly he did which I think is just crazy why not just send those same officials out there to the ring in the first place the one part about this angle I didn't really care for was if you notice when they brought Seth Rollins to the ambulance you saw Becky Lynch for like a brief moment my problem is, where was she when Brock Lesnar showed up? I mean, she could have at least been in the background screaming at Brock. Or what I would have loved to see is Becky Lynch get in front of Brock Lesnar, like kind of get in between her and get in between him and Seth Rollins. And then maybe you have Brock Lesnar. Throw Becky Lynch down. I mean, even give her the F5. That would be brutal. And then at the same time, it kind of makes Becky Lynch look out to be, uh, you know, it kind of plays into her man character. Uh, Makes her out to be like a badass or something. But that was like the only thing I didn't really care for with that storyline. Uh, other than that, I thought Brock Lesnar played up a the beast just really good. Uh, Seth Rollins being injured. Uh, of course, those two do face each other at SummerSlam for the Universal Championship. I think that match is going to be pretty good. It might be a little brutal, which is which I'm looking forward to. Uh, okay, so we're going to move on from that now. Uh, we're going to talk about another SummerSlam match. Uh, and just so you guys know, 
uh, me and Nick, we're going to do a special SummerSlam episode. Because he's not here right now. Normally this would be our SummerSlam going home show. Which basically uh, we talk a lot about the upcoming event. We make our predictions for the show. Uh, that kind of thing. So since Nick ain't here, we're going to do a special show so that we can get his predictions and my predictions. And of course, you know, I'm going to beat him. That's what I do. Sorry, Nick, but you got a losing record. I got a winning record. Come on. You're not going to beat me. But the match that we're going to talk about is uh, Dolph Ziggler facing The Miz. You'll notice that the uh, the Miz has been calling Dolph Ziggler out mainly for the way how Dolph Ziggler attacked the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, WWE Hall of Famer. Ziggler gave Shawn Michaels the sweet chin music on SmackDown in a, a segment that had The Miz interviewing him on Miz TV. And, uh, you know, just kind of created a little backlash there for Dolph Ziggler. But Ziggler's been basically running down all the legends that showed up on Raw Reunion, which we'll get into that a little bit later on. He specifically ran down Shawn Michaels and Goldberg. Now, I say Goldberg because this is... uh, this is something they're thinking about doing. They're thinking about scratching Ziggler versus The Miz. I'm not sure how they would play this out storyline-wise on TV. Um, this is a possible spoiler. So if you don't want to hear, hear this, I would recommend fast-forwarding. But... Uh, It's going to be Dolph Ziggler versus Goldberg. That's what I'm hearing. Could be a good match. Oh, maybe not good. If I had a guess, I would say it could be a fair match. Because look at Goldberg versus The Undertaker. That wasn't really good. (laughs) Um... Dolph Ziggler is a talented athlete, though. There's no question about that. It'll be a matter of can he make Goldberg look good. Which I'm a little surprised by this, because you would think with the attack, if they take the Miz out of that match, you would think it would make more sense to put Shawn Michaels in that match. I mean, Shawn Michaels is supposedly retired, but he has come out of retirement. For that tag team match where he teamed with Triple H to face The Undertaker and Kane. I would look forward more. I I would like to think that Dolph Ziggler versus Shawn Michaels would be a classic. The only problem is Shawn Michaels isn't in his prime. It would be interesting to see how he would be able to carry a match with someone like Dolph Ziggler. I did think it was a 
interesting when Shawn Michaels called Ziggler a second-rate Shawn Michaels. That was like a, a bomb drop. He did a mic drop on him. That's what I would call that. Uh, of course, that's when Dolph Ziggler did hit him with Sweet Chin Music. So we'll see what happens with that at uh, SummerSlam. Uh, let's get into the big story here. I want to run down the Raw reunion episode of Monday Night Raw. The big thing that happened was we saw multiple 24-7 champions. We're going to run that down later on. Uh, I'm going to give you some thoughts on basically my take on Raw Reunion. The problem I had was, aside from the 24-7 championship belt exchange, um, there was no real physicality with the Legends. A lot of people kind of criticize the way they use Stone Cold. Because there's no Stone Cold stunners. There's no uh, stomping mud hole in them and walking them dry. I think a good thing to do is you could have had Stone Cold at the end of the show doing his speech and whatever. And then have Baron Corbin come down. And have him, like, insult all the legends. And, uh, you know, make reference to him retiring Kurt Angle. And just kind of have it kind of drag on a little bit. And then Stone Cold delivering a stunner to him. Drinking the beer. Show ends. I think I would have rather seen that than the speech that Stone Cold gave. Not to say that it wasn't a good speech. No, I enjoyed it. Stone Cold's always been one of my favorite wrestlers. Actually, he's my favorite of all time. But uh, there were a lot of legends on that stage. It was interesting to see Alicia Fox up on that stage. She's still under contract with WWE. She hasn't been used on TV in a while. So a lot of people are wondering if she kind of quietly retired from in-ring competition. Uh, It's a possibility. Alicia Fox has been with the company for quite a while now. I'm not sure what year she debuted. But I believe she did start out as a valet for somebody. Uh, DJ Gabriel, I want to say. It was some kind of, like, dancing gimmick or whatever. Uh, But, yeah, she was up on the stage. Uh, Then you had people like Mark Henry, Ron Simmons, Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, uh, Road Dogg, X-Pac, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash. Now, I'm naming all these names because they were all advertised. As well as Psycho Sid. The only problem was there is no Psycho Sid on Monday Night Raw. From what I'm 
hearing and reading online, Sid had actually backed out uh, a while before Raw Reunion. We're talking like within a week time, I would say. They had at least enough time to edit his name out. Let's put it that way. Because they ran a, a promo that had a bunch of names of legends. They could have edited that out. Uh, WWE, for whatever reason, chose not to. So there's no Psycho Sid. Back in the day, Sid was okay. I kind of liked him. I liked the Psycho Sid name. I liked how he would laugh during his promos. He did come off as being a psycho. Of course, I was just a little kid at the time. Kind of easy for me to buy into that. I think my favorite part with the Legends, it had to be uh, the DX part. You had Road Dog and X-Pac come out to help out uh, Shawn Michaels and Triple H who were being attacked by the Revival and uh, Road Dog brought out Scott Hall and Kevin Nash with them. And started saying how, you know, you guys are outnumbered. You got Triple H and Shawn Michaels in the ring. You got myself. You got X-Pac. That's four. You got Kevin Nash, Scott Hall. That's six. You got China up there looking over. That's seven. And right before they start to throw down, and uh, that was really the only segment where you saw some physicality, but uh, right before they jumped in the ring, Road Dog goes, Oh, crap, I forgot Billy. Which I thought was kind of funny. Billy, Billy Gunn is, of course, signed with AEW. So really, there was no way Billy Gunn was going to be there. Especially since Jim Ross was asked to show up on Monday Night Raw for the reunion special. And even though AEW gave him permission, JR declined it. So I'm sure if Billy Gunn wanted to, he probably could have been there. I don't see why AEW would allow Jim Ross to show up but not Billy Gunn. But uh, I thought that was a funny line. Uh, Let's see what else happened on uh, Monday Night Raw with that special. I was surprised that some of the legends you saw up on the stage, like Mark Henry, he wasn't in any backstage segment from what I can remember. But he was up on the stage. I would have liked to see them do something with him. Uh, Ron Simmons was there. He had a segment. He did his famous damn. Or I guess as he would say, damn. I thought that was a pretty good impression. But uh, Raw Reunion, I would say, if I had to rate it on a scale of 1 to 10, I'd give it about a, about a 7. I think it was a fair show. Could have been a little bit better. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, speaking of Raw Reunion, I think it's time to do our uh, usual... Who, who, who?
is a 24-7 champion update. So uh, we're going to jump into it with a Raw reunion. R-Truth entered the Raw reunion as your 24-7 champion. However, he would be defeated by Drake Maverick, who then would get spooked by the Boogeyman, another another Raw legend, and I say legend loosely when referring to the Boogeyman. Uh, excuse me, um, when uh, if you guys don't hear me talk for like a brief period, I'm drinking water here because I am doing a lot of talking here and there's no one to jump in. Uh, but anyways, he got spooked by the boogeyman. And somehow, he ended up on the ground. And then Pat Patterson, I thought this was pretty funny, puts his foot over top of him. And the rough counted to three. Making Pat Patterson the new 24-7 champion. So the next segment, you saw Patterson laid out. With Gerald Briscoe over top of him. And apparently Gerald Briscoe had pinned him when the camera wasn't rolling. So you got the Stooges involved with the 24-7 championship belt. It's then Briscoe's walking around. He has a belt up in the air saying he's a 24-7 champion. He runs into Kelly Kelly. And, uh... Kelly Kelly congratulates him. And then she attacks him. And he falls down. Kelly Kelly covers him and uh, becomes the first ever 24-7, female 24-7 champion. Now, in all fairness, if I was Gerald Briscoe, yeah, I would lay down and let Kelly Kelly cover me too. But um, you would think... Something like that, where Kelly Kelly's the first woman to win a belt that's predominantly held by men would be a big deal. But I just can't picture myself years from now turning to Nick and going, man, what a match that was when Kelly Kelly defeated Gerald Briscoe to become the first ever female 24-7 champion. I just don't see that happening. Uh, but Kelly Kelly was celebrating. She ran into Candace Michelle. And I believe Melina. And Candace Michelle attacks Kelly Kelly. Picks up the win. Along with the belt. And she starts doing her signature... Dance twirl, I guess you want to if you that's what you want to call it. Well, then Alundra Blaze shows up, puts her in a submission hold. Melina turns out is a certified referee, and Candace Michelle tapped out, making Blaze the new 24 7 champion. So in a matter of time, we have three back-to-back-to-back female 
24-7 champions. Well, then Blaze says she's not going to be champion for long. When she said that, I kind of... You just knew what was going to happen next. She walks onto the stage. And just like she did with the WWE Women's Championship, she picked up a trash can. And she was about ready to drop it inside the trash can. But right before she could do it, the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase, he walks out, gives her money, she gives him the belt. So DiBiase is your new 24-7 champion without actually having a match. So then he's celebrating, gets in his limo, start hearing some noise. All of a sudden, R-Truth leaves the limo, with a ref behind him and the belt around his shoulder, making him the new 24-7 champion. However, that championship reign would be short-lived because by next Monday night, R-Truth lost the belt in bizarre fashion as a bunch of wrestlers all piled up on top of him. Kind of like a... You know, when you're kids and you're wrestling around or you're playing football and you do a dog pile, everyone jumps on one person. It's basically that. Uh, the ref counted to three, and everyone's kind of like, well, who's a champ? There's like 20 guys on top of them. Out of the bottom of the pile, Mike Canellis Mike uh, emerges with the belt, making him the 24-7 champion. And then what would be one of the biggest twists to ever occur with that championship happened? He laid down so that his pregnant wife, Maria, could cover him for a three count, making her not only the new 24-7 champion, but the first ever pregnant champion in all of WWE history doesn't matter what belt you're talking about. No woman has ever been pregnant in the WWE while holding a championship belt until right now. And the interesting thing is no one wants to step up and try and take the belt from her. Why? She's pregnant. You're not going to hit a pregnant woman. If someone hit my wife right now who currently is pregnant, you know how mad I would be? I'd knock them out. But uh, I'm really, really interested in seeing where they go with this. Because like I said, who's going to hit a pregnant woman? I mean, she even made the comment, what are you going to do? Pin me while I'm being checked out? While I got my two feet up in the the stirrups in in the bed at the doctor's office? What are you going to do? I mean, at that rate... She's going to be champion for at least nine months, right? Well, maybe like around seven months, give or take. I mean, you don't know how far along she is. I mean, I guess the only thing would be like, kind of like how R-Truth pinned Jinder Mahal on the airplane. Jinder Mahal was sleeping. I mean, I guess you could do something like that, where uh, she falls asleep somewhere and... 
No, R-Truth Pinzer. But I feel like that one has already been done. So why go back to that? But um, the other question is, who would beat her? Because usually you would have a baby face beat the heel. But it's kind of a heel thing to essentially beat up a pregnant woman. Another thing is, how is R-Truth going to handle not having that belt? He keeps calling it his baby. That's just weird. But, uh, you know, I feel like we've been talking about uh, the Raw reunion a lot. So I want to kind of switch gears here. Let's talk about AEW. But before we do that, this next segment is brought to you by Power Slam TV. Power Slam TV has the top promotions and celebrities in pro wrestling world offering events, shoots, and other related content available for the first time in a single massive location that can be watched on smartphones, computers, and connected TVs. Powerslam.tv showcases premium pro wrestling content from countries all over the world. Use the promo code Pro Wrestling Pod, all one word, Pro Wrestling Pod, for one month free on us. Visit powerslam.tv. So, uh, AEW, they're launching a weekly show on TNT. I'll be starting in October. So, as we get closer to that event, you're going to start seeing like matches announced. You're going to start seeing uh, wrestlers announced for the card. I'm expecting that first show to be really good. I do expect there to be surprises, uh, twists, turns, that kind of thing. Uh, they did announce this one match that I want to talk about. Uh, it's going to be the Young Bucks. And Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho and two mystery opponents. So, who are the two mystery opponents? There's been some debate because recently a very popular tag team from Impact Wrestling has become free agents I am of course talking about LAX Uh, when LAX became available there was interest drawn from both WWE and AEW so it kind of you know it's one of those things to where did they sign or didn't they sign because if they signed a contract with AEW, right now everyone's being real hush-hush on it. <clears throat> They're uh, being real quiet on it. I kind of think that's an obvious way to go, though, for two mystery people. But um, 
and it's almost like who else do you get? Because I'm assuming this has to be, at the very least, a top-of-the-card match. Possibly main event. So like I said, you want to have this be a high-profile kind of thing. So who do you get for Chris Jericho? Well, if I'm AEW and the most popular tag team on the market is LAX, I would at the very least consider it. You have to. I think if LAX joins AEW, that that only benefits AEW. If they were to sign with WWE, I'm sure that would benefit WWE. However, I believe if they sign with AEW, that would benefit LAX more than if they were to sign with WWE. Uh, the reason I say that is because AEW is a new hot promotion that everyone's talking about. Everyone's anticipating the weekly show that they're going to do on eight, on uh, TNT. It would be a good spot because you're going up against the Young Bucks, who without a doubt will be one of, if not the top tag team in that promotion. So it's like right off the bat, you're going to be pushed heavily. Whereas if they went to WWE, I'm not sure I can really say that for sure, that they would be pushed as a top tag team. A lot of times, no matter how well known you are, we'll see WWE kind of hold back on debuting someone or a tag team. I mean, look how long Samoa Joe was in NXT. So I would think that if they were to sign LAX, I'm assuming LAX wouldn't be on the main roster right away. I would think you would see them in NXT for a little bit before making the jump to the main roster. Uh, and there's different reasons for that. Uh, WWE has a certain style for wrestling that they want and can't blame them. It's their product. Uh, NXT kind of provides them with a, the right training for that. They want to make sure guys are doing things their way. Uh, AEW, they don't have uh, developmental territory like WWE has. So if they were to sign a tag team like LAX, they can push them right off the bat. And I do believe that's a really big advantage that AEW has when it's time to sign free agents out there. I know if I'm a free agent, I'm going to go, okay, well, I can go with WWE, but it may take me a long time to get to where I want to go. Whereas if I sign with AEW, I can get pushed right away. And if the money is good, why not? And AEW is is being backed by uh, the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, I believe. So they have money, without a doubt. I'm definitely looking forward to that first show on TNT. Which again, I believe is going to be starting up in October. 
and as we get closer, we're definitely going to see like more matches announced and wrestlers announced. Who knows? Maybe celebrities. I don't know. Because Cody Rhodes, I believe he has a vendetta against Vince McMahon. He wants to show Vince that wrestling should be done differently than the way how he's doing it. So I think really the winners of this, it's going to be the fans. WWE hasn't really had any real competition since WCW. I think AEW could be that competition that the wrestling world is lacking right now. But uh, I think that's going to do it for the show this week. Uh, No, I, I just remembered I didn't give you guys any of the plugs at the top of the show. So, I, you know, I apologize for that. So if you want to hit us up, you can go to the – you can email us. The email is prowrestlingpod at gmail.com. Once again, prowrestlingpod at gmail.com. You can look for us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash prowrestlingpod. Once again, that's facebook.com slash prowrestlingpod. Or you can tweet us. Tweet us at propod, prowpodcast. Once again, that's at prowpodcast. Uh, and, of course, there's a website, prowrestlingpod.blogspot.com. Once again, prowrestlingpod.blogspot.com blogspot.com We're available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and of course, right here on Anchor. Now normally this is the part of the show to where uh, Nick will go, so how are you feeling, Matt? And I respond with, I'm doing pretty good, Nick. How are you doing? Nick will go, oh, I'm feeling pretty good. So, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Like I said, we're going to be doing a special SummerSlam show. So definitely look for that. Uh, this podcast actually will be posted a little bit sooner than its normal time. Uh, usually we post these uh, Sunday at 10 o'clock in the morning. Uh, look, guys, I had work overtime at my job today. I've been up since uh, about 4.45. So uh, I'm sleeping in Sunday, so this is definitely getting posted as soon as I hit the stop button. So uh, thank you guys for joining me, and uh, yeah, see you next time. Damn! Time has arrived. We are broadcasting Raw Live from my ass. I'd rather watch two old women slap my ass. (laughs) That's as tough as a chunk of my ass. Here comes the biggest ass. The big man is back. Jim Ross. 350 pounds. Say hello to my ass. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the greatest spectacle on earth. My ass. 30 men will enter my ass. You know what I mean. The most important thing to a tag team is my ass. I totally agree with you, JR. Here you go, King. Kiss my ass.
I wish you would jump on top of me, JR. It disgusts me to see my ass. My daughter's nursery rhymes are more aggressive than this. I can't help but look at the butt, JR. What?